0: This week on the second act entrepreneur show, we are talking about whether or not it's okay to add new, your current customers to your email list without their permission. And I jumped on a live session over on LinkedIn with my friend Anka Herman, and we dove into this and a whole lot of other marketing topics, um, around email marketing and the do's don'ts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I wanted to share that episode with you because it was powerful. And it was packed with information and, um, We're going to answer that very specific question. Should you, or should you not add current customers to your email list without explicit, um, permission from them? One thing I want to let you guys know about is that I just released this week, a brand new resource that's going to help making you showing up in the inbox consistently, a no brainer, 365 email prompts to help you come up with new ideas and Ignite your writing so that you show up consistently stay top of mind and sell to the other 97% of people who aren't ready to buy yet. And so if you struggle with what to say, blank screen syndrome, or even, um, being consistent in showing up every week with your email, this is a resource for you. You can go grab your copy at alisaconner.com forward slash email prompts, all one word, The link will be in the show notes and it's also on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's second act entrepreneur show. Hey there, I'm Elisa Connor, ex corporate marketer turned entrepreneur. And along the way I made all the mistakes just so you don't have to. Chances are you have a pretty full career. You've got experience, expertise, and probably a whole lot of education. The problem is, people can't find you. This is why each week on the second act entrepreneur show, we feature expert education, marketing insights, and mindset shifts that are going to help you create a profitable business. So you can secure your legacy, ensuring that you thrive, not only in your first career, but also your second act. Welcome Welcome to the second act entrepreneur show. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm Elisa Connor. And I'm Uncle Herman, <laughs> And we are starting this brand new um live marketing chat. And the um, the title of this is called "This Not That." And it was created because we get so many experience we have so many experiences that come across our um, our sit- our viewpoint as marketing consultants that we wanted to share with you all. Things to look out for and avoid before they happen to you. So I'm Elisa Connor, I own Elisa Connor Consulting, and I help coaches, course creators, and second career entrepreneurs. Um imp- what am I trying to say? Use email marketing to increase sales, build relationships, and create long-term clients.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm one of these multi-passionate people who have come around the block, of, you know, from linguistics, teaching, have my own crafty business and a background in software development. So I'm taking all of that and help coaches bring their offers online without the tech headaches. So, so it doesn't just stay in the drawer and, you know, collect dust but actually happens and actually can
0: be used to bring them clients. Awesome. So today's topic is should you add your current customers to your email list? And this is something that comes up all the time when I'm working with clients and they're like, oh, well, they're already a customer. They want to be on my email list. So Anka, what is your first outside thought when it comes to should you add existing customers to an email list without their permission?
1: Oh, no. That really jumps to mind. And the second thing that jumps to mind that I've got at least one current client that I'm aware of who actually unsubscribed from my email list, who's not on my email list. She has subscribed at some point and she's no longer on it, right? But she's a client of mine and we love each other dearly. So it's not one or the other. So yeah, no.
0: <laughs> yes, and I would agree. I would say, please don't, please, please don't do that. I recently had a client who did this exact thing. It downloaded their entire Rolodex for lack of a better term, their email list uploaded it to their new course platform and immediately started sending emails to these people. And the unsubscribes were like hotter than fire in a forest fire. Like it was ridiculous. And I said, not only is this damaging your reputation with the people that you've already worked with who have the potential of becoming long-term clients, but, It also is damaging your email reputation with people like Google and Microsoft and all of the people that will determine whether or not your emails will show up in the inbox or if they're going to show up in the spam filter. Once they're in the spam filter, trash or junk folders, it is much harder to clean up that mess than to do it right the first time. So what are some things that you would say Anka that would be a better practice?
1: Well, I think it needs a whole shift of approach, like a whole shift of perspective rather than thinking, well, how can I use these email addresses to shove my stuff down these people's throat? Which essentially, I mean, you might put it in nicer words, but that's essentially what you're doing. Like you're trying to put them in a position where it's easy for you to tell them what you want to tell them. But if you observe yourself when you go buy something or sign up for something, it's like we love to buy, but we hate being sold to. So always ask for permission first. If you can you can invite somebody, like obviously you would invite your clients on the email list, you know, better give them a good reason to be there. But if you invite them and give them the option, then you might just get a small fraction of people who, I mean, it shouldn't really in theory be a small fraction of your small of your clients, but it be a a percentage of your clients who go, oh, yeah, I'd like to hear more. And others go, I'm trying to get inbox zero. I don't want to get more
0: emails. I don't want it. Right. So and it doesn't reflect
1: your relationship with your clients. It just reflects their relationships with their email inbox.
0: Right. Well, and let's let's address the elephant in the room is if they have already paid for your services, most often our email marketing campaigns and what we send out in our emails is directed towards people who haven't bought from us yet. They aren't customers yet. And so if you have a brand new offer and it might be something that applies to your current customers, you could actually reach out to them, you know, and tell them about it on a one-on-one basis rather than just email blasting them and saying, Hey, or you could ask them, um, you know, I I have this coming up. Would you be interested in being added to my email list so you can be kept up to date? Now that may not be realistic, if you have thousands and thousands of customers, but I would hope that if you have thousands and thousands of customers, you would have thought through the strategy prior to right now um, of adding them to your list and being in contact with them. And so one of the takeaways that I would like for you guys to think about, if you're thinking about growing your email list and adding people is start from the beginning. So for example, if people schedule an initial consultation with me a 30 minute free consultation, and I know Anka has a very similar, um, offering right then and there, I ask them, Hey, do you want to be on my list? If so, check this box. And then I built out an automation, which Anka is, we are both really good at this whole strategy automation piece um, to say, um, you know, if they check this box, put them in this category so that I know who they are when I'm getting ready to email them. Now you could even take that a step further and have that person tagged as say um potential client, and then have a follow-up email series that starts to go out to them after they've had their initial consultation or after, um, you know, however you want to space that out, but it's just one more opportunity for you one to stay up on leads that are coming through people. These are people that are interested enough that they have booked a call with you. And that applies to every coach or even course creator, depending on where you are in the building system, um, and the ramp up system for your product. But, giving them the opportunity to get to know you better. Now, does that mean you jump into the email sequence, selling them something? I would hesitate to say, no, probably not, not at this point, but it's an opportunity for you to talk about what you do, people you've helped um, people that may be in their same situation and things like that. And so getting ahead of the game if possible, and if not like start now and then clean up what's left from prior when you have time, but getting something like that funnel set into place sooner than later is going to be really helpful for you to not only stay in front of people, but then when an offer does come up, like I'm, uh, I'm currently launching a few new offers. I know Anka constantly has different events and different things that she's promoting. They have the opportunity to then have that put in front of them. And then if they don't want that, there's multiple ways that they can opt out of just that certain amount of emails or your list altogether. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I think it for me, it always comes back to giving people an option and giving people sort of the reins to the horse a little bit, like rather than bombarding. And I think that whole concept of asking for permission before anything, I think that's actually really, really helpful just well beyond email lists, right? I worked with a mentor, he would ask for permission every time, kind of, not every time, but you know, basically even when he wanted to ask a question where he thought, hmm, that might be going a little deeper than what I might expect, he'd go, I would love to ask you a question, are you are right. are you okay with that? There was constantly that asking for permission which I remember really made me lean in. I never said no to any of that, right? So, But if somebody shoves unsolicited advice down my throat, I will be, ooh, shackles go up immediately. If, you, if you're honest, you probably find, oh, yeah, I react the same. Now you can trust that your potential clients or your current clients will be exactly the same. When they feel they're being shoved into something, they're going to, like, put their guards up. Right. So I think at any point of this of this journey, it's in your best interest to say, hey, you know, as you say, like on your checkbooks, and that's the thing, there's a million options to get people on your email list when they register for an event, when they book a call, when they join your Facebook group, when they see your email, email signature, there's a million ways of enticing people to get on your email list. Like you don't have to put names on there that don't want to be there, that have not expressed Explicit interest, and if you're in Europe, I don't, I don't, I'm not really up on how the situation is in the states, but in Europe, like that's not even legal, yeah. Like, you're not allowed to, like, people have to give active consent, and it doesn't mean I can by default have the box ticked and they have to remember and see to untick it. No, 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 active, they have to do something actively to indicate their interest that to allow you to put that name on the on your email list. So, if you're yeah. in Europe, you better. You know, nobody's like, is gonna come and torture you for it. Like, you're not gonna end up in a dungeon somewhere, but it can cause you trouble. Like, you don't, and you don't, there's no need for it,
0: you know? Right. And so, what you're referring to is called GDPR. Yep. And it um, went into effect, I think, in 2017 or 2018. Quite a while ago, yeah. And it actually is a very big problem because if they come back to you and they say, hey, we wanna see the explicit permission given by these people on your list and you don't have it, you can be charged thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that depending on the size of your business could be very detrimental to your survival. As far as how it applies in the United States, there are specific States here who have implemented similar laws to GDPR and more and more States are getting on, bo- on board with that because people have, the people have spoken and they have said, we don't want to be spammed by email. Unfortunately, the biggest offenders, of spam are the larger companies. And so depending on, you know, who they want to make mad at the moment, they'll pass the legislation. But I know for sure, New York, California, um, Connecticut, and I think there's about seven states right now that require that. But we also have something called the I Can Spam Act. And if you're in violation of that, you're under the same um, rules, as you know as adding them to your list and if you don't if you can't prove that you've actually gotten their consent to add them to your list you could also be potentially facing thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of fines and so people often think oh it's not that big of a deal and anka brought up something really important which is you can't have that permissions box self-checked that is not they have to check it And so oftentimes, when you're setting up your tech, it gives you the option to add a statement that says, I agree to um, be on Elise's email address and have her email me regularly. But if you have that pre checked for them, you have just basically deleted everything that you tried to do to protect yourself. So they have to actively check that box. And then you have to somehow, somehow record that which we're not gonna go into the tech behind that because it can be a little bit more complicated, but record that they checked that box and that they have agreed to be on your list. So without going down a rabbit hole, um, there's really two options for you to do that. One is adding that checkbox of something of some sort. And if you don't know how to do that, you can reach out to either me or Anka and we're happy to you know talk with you about you know what that would look like or you can do something that's called, um, double opt in and double opt in is when they get an email from your email service provider that says, Hey, you have just filled out a form saying that you want to be on this person's email list. Click here to confirm your subscription. Now, um, every email service provider that I know of, Anka, you jump in. If you know something different, has that as an option for you when somebody completes a form to grab a free download, join your webinar, whatever your lead generation magnet is. However, what I have found in my experience is that more often than not that email goes to spam trash or junk. And so if they never see that and they don't click on that button, then you can't email them anything. And so I have worked with my clients and shared with them, like, here's a workaround that will actually, you know, at least get the first couple of emails to them. God willing, if unless you have a, a spam <laughs> issue with your IP address, but more likely than not, um, it, it's going to be more effective than then clicking on that confirm your subscription button. Anka, what has been your experience and your opinion on that? Yeah, I think like email marketing providers are
1: quite pushing it quite often. It's set as the default setting. You know, and if, if you've ever subscribed to something, like you would have seen it. Like there's the thing, hey, the things are on the way to your inbox. I think quite often it's helpful if you do use it to actually tell people when they subscribe, the next screen they see, the thank you page or thank you message, say, hey, expect this. And it looks like this because if people don't know what it is, they'll go, yeah, whatever, and pass by it. So it's helpful to give those instructions if you are using it. And then there will be this email, and if they don't click it, they won't even be added to the list at all, right? right. recently seen some, and I don't know what platform they were using, but they were basically, I subscribed to some stuff, and there was there were tick boxes there for, hey, I want to receive this. But the thing was the submit button wasn't active until I ticked those. Oh. Right. So which I thought, well, I have to tick it, but basically still saying, well, if you don't want emails for me, you also don't get the thing, right? <laughs> which I think is fair enough, right? Yeah. So it's um I think it it, it is kind of a there's a there's a trade-off because you as you were saying, like not everybody, even if it doesn't end up in spam folder. Not everybody will, you know. Oh, did I signed up for the thing. Now I have to pick up the kids and then come back and like, what was this? Like, you, there will be a lot of people. You know, you won't get a hundred people submitting the form and a hundred people on your email list. I don't know what the percentages are, but there is quite a significant drop off there. So, if you the the only thing is if you choose to not use it, and I must say, I don't really see it used an awful lot right? Most people aren't using it. I think if you are clear on, on the form and on that page where people put their, if you're clear on what it is they sign up for, I don't think you have a problem, right? right. So it's just, you need to be the only time that like you don't want to sort of bait them with, oh, get whatever and then send them something different. That's when people <laughs> are like, what is this, right? And that's when they can mark you as spam, which isn't helpful. And in the worst case, this them to GDPR police your way, but that's definitely when you you know peeve people off, and that's in nobody's best interest, like least of all yours.
0: Right. Um, and that's a really good point, is <coughs> we often think, excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. We often look at our own marketing from our perspective, like they're just waiting, and they're like we we actually sometimes convince ourselves that they're waiting. At their inbox for our email. And I'm sorry, pumpkins, they're not. (laughs) They're just not. And the only person that cares that much about your business is you. And I love you to death, but the reality is, is that toot your horn, toot, toot your horn, toot your horn, but it really comes down to the level of how much other distraction do they have? What else is going on in their life? How committed are they to actually getting your download and reading it? And this goes for any marketing. And I have a really great example that just, it actually just happened this morning. So if you have a couple minutes, I'll share it with you. Um, as Anka knows, and maybe some of you, you all know is that I'm a crafty girl. Like I love to do crafting. And um, one of my favorite pastimes is creating handmade cards. And there is a lady out of California and her name is Yuli. And she has actually, I don't know if that's her name, but that's the name of her company. She makes, she creates hand curated watercolor and so she's got these watercolor palettes and they've literally been on my wish list for a year and they're beautiful but they're expensive because they're all handmade they're all hand mixed and um they're kind of metallic so they're really beautiful and so of course the price point of them is a little bit higher than what a normal watercolor palette would be. You're not going to go get a praying watercolor palette for $2 and compare it to this watercolor palette. So this morning I was flipping through Instagram as I do. And I saw that one of the people I follow that's a card maker had posted how she creates her watercolors. It was like a repost of her post. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so interesting. So then that, of course that made me think, oh, I really kind of want those. Oh, well, I'm, my birthday is on Sunday. So I gifted myself like it's a year later. That's the point of the story. One year later, I finally went and bought these watercolors. And the one thing I would say to people, and this applies to everybody, including Yuli Yuli watercolors, is that um, when you're looking at how somebody interacts with your store, with your website, with your emails, with your social media, if you can take a step back from your perspective and really look at their user experience, it's gonna make a world of difference. And there have been so many, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Anka, because you're very (laughs) tech oriented. But like when I went to try and purchase these watercolors, I knew I wanted the Christmas set. I was inundated by 727 options on her Etsy store. And I was like, this is insane. So then I was trying to filter it and it never really filtered because the keywords weren't set up correctly. And so I tell you the story for, for two reasons. Number one, you don't know how long it's going to take for somebody to become a paying client. It could be up to a year. It could be three years. It could be five years, depending on. I have more, more than one client who took more than three years. Yes. And number two, if you make it complicated, and you make it too hard for them to choose, their brain goes, this is too much work, and they will leave. And so when you're creating any marketing, I don't care if it's a live, if it's social media, if it's whatever it is, stick to one point, stick to one call to action, stick to one offer. Because if you overwhelm and confuse, you're going to lose them. So I just wanted to share that story because there's a couple of things and we talk about email, we're talking about email specifically. An email is one of the ways that you can consistently stay in front of your audience for three months, six months, nine months, a year, three years, five years, whatever it might be to remind them, Hey, oh yeah, I wanted her to get the, those, I wanted to get my watercolors from her. And so of course, social media was the place that I saw that too, but email is another tool in your toolbox. And as social media gets more competitive and more crowded, it's gonna become not an option. It's gonna become a requirement that you have them on your email list. So we'll dive into that in another episode, but I just wanted to leave a frame of reference there. And um, hopefully we've answered that question. If you have any questions, that you would like answered in future episodes. We're gonna be here every week, 9 a.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Eastern. Anka, what time 5 is it? P.m.,
1: 5 p.m. Europe, 4 p.m. UK.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, every Tuesday from at least all of August and beyond is what we're planning. So if you have questions and concerns, but we would love to know your biggest takeaway in the comments and anything else you wanna add?
1: Um, Yes, I would love to hear the biggest takeaway and uh, yeah, basically, what's your experience with that as a subscriber of other people? That's what I always always say, like be conscious when you use the internet, like, you know, the stuff that winds you up, winds up other people, your potential clients too. So I think what I would love to hear, what's your experience, both as if you have an email list, how do you run it? And if you are a subscriber, what are your pet peeves for things you really hate?
0: That people do. Awesome. Any, So you can find me at alisaconnor.com um, and Anka. Your...
1: TangentUtechMonster.com is the easiest place to find me.
0: Okay. So thanks so much for being here and for tuning in. If you're watching the replay, leave your biggest takeaway in the comments and we'll see you all next week. Take care. See you next week. <laughs> Take care. Bye. So there you have it. Wasn't that a jam packed training full of information from two different perspectives on what to do with your email? I hope you took something of value from this if you did we would love to hear from you over on linkedin or if you want to send me a direct message either on instagram or linkedin that would be great um but most importantly if you found value in this we'd love for you to share it with someone else we'll be back next week with another live episode on linkedin and it may show up on the podcast i do have some upcoming guests though they're going to bring in some new knowledge some new expertise specific to second act entrepreneurs. So I hope you stay tuned for those. In the meantime, don't forget to run over to elisaconnorcom forward slash email prompts and grab that resource. that's going to help you create 365 new emails in the next year or beyond to stay consistent in showing up in the inbox, staying top of mind with your future and potential um, um, current customers, and um, ultimately increasing your sales until next week, Be well, take care and stay safe. See you soon. Did you miss something during the podcast? Maybe forgot to take notes? No worries. We've taken all the notes for you. All the resources, links and information in this episode, you can find over at alisaconner.com forward slash podcast. That's A-L-I-S-A-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash podcast. Looking forward to seeing you next week.